Action Park Media. Kia ora, everyone. Good morning. Uh, this is a really exciting one because I'm actually chatting to one of my very best friends, Sarah, uh, from Los Angeles. She's the person I go to for all of my advice. And uh, she's a much different energy than me. She's super calm. She handles herself well in crisis where I tend to spin into another dimension. Uh, not only that, she's absolutely phenomenal designer. She's in the fashion industry. She's an entrepreneur. So heaps of delicious, delightful things for your earbuds this morning. Uh, so enjoy this. It's Pretty Depressed with Sarah. So there are many reasons why I wanted to speak to you. Obviously business stuff. You were one of the first people when I was like, oh, I want to launch another season that I wanted to speak to after we hung out and fell in love in Colorado. Mm. Uh, but also you and I would say Angela are probably my two favorite friends in the sense that I can take you anywhere. Meaning mm-hmm. that like, I feel like everyone needs a Sarah or an Angela, like someone you can take to anything. I don't have to look after you. You'll get along with everyone. Mm-hmm. Even if people are insanely obscure Off, or yeah, weird or whatever it is or not the norm. Yeah. Adaptability. We'll just, uh, yeah. Yes. A- adaptability. That is totally mm-hmm. it. And so mm-hmm. I guess I wanted to kick off and just like, because not everyone is like that. Where does your like adaptability come from? Is it because your folks are just so rad? I I don't know where it comes from. I think I've always kind of been just like, if you put me into a room with people, I'll always try and find common ground with them. And I think it's because I just like, I don't know, I have a love for people. Like I love meeting new people. I love hearing people's stories. And you can't really get to know someone if you don't, if you're not down to their level, you know? So you yeah, kind true. of, yeah. Did, did- did your parents have like a lot of friends over or anything like that when you were younger or like, were you put yeah, in yeah. social situations and did yeah. they, okay, that might be why. Yeah. People were always around us. And I mean, my parents um, are just two of the best people on the planet. So they just, they bring in like the right people, the right energy. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was always fun growing up. I was definitely very socialized. <laughs> But you were like, I'm I'm sure when you were younger, people will be like, oh, she's mature beyond her year. Like, did you always find mm-hmm. the adults in the room when you're younger and have a yarn and talk about the housing market or like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, I don't that kind of that kind of came when I got a little bit older, but um when I was like in middle school, I would always be hanging out with the older kids or um like my friends were always seniors. So I don't know, I just think I always just kind of, I was more aligned with them and where they were at. So I've always just gotten along with, I mean, people of all age, but more so, yeah, like people who are a couple years older than me, I think I just get along with way better. I don't know why. I think we just have more things to talk about. Like, <laughs> even I'm the opposite. Me, yeah, really, I'm you're, the opposite. You're younger. Well, we're best mates. And <laughs> we're yeah. Difference, but like, yeah, I I think I do the opposite. I feel like I was almost forced to grow up a little faster than I was ready to because I was thrown mm-hmm. into this adult world, and I feel like I lost, I lost fifteen to twenty five because I was trying so hard to be older, and you know, like that, I almost mm-hmm. gravitate down to to re to live relive the. I've like kind of lost five or six years, and I'm doing it like yeah. That makes sense. Like, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> like you're one of the people I seek wisdom from most. And we've got, you know, like a five year, a couple eight. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Sarah, help me with, I don't understand. 
Uh, okay, what about fear? Because you're pretty fearless in the way you approach things. And this is a great segue into what you do for a living, you know, in the fashion industry and creating businesses and stuff. There are so many people who would love to pursue what you're doing. And fear is the biggest barrier. What if it doesn't work out? What if I fail? What if no one wants to buy my clothes? Like, where do I start? And that is you know, and that is for a lot of different industries, even people who are in the workforce who want to change is this huge barrier of backing yourself or mm-hmm. taking a risk. So why yeah. are you so risk adverse? <laughs> well, I believe, I believe that you, I mean, if you're going to dream big, you have to risk big as well. Like, you know, you have to know along the road that you're going to fail. It's not an if it's a when you're going to fail and how big those failures are. So many and people you, don't want to fail. They're like, no, I know. I know. But you have to, though. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to fail. You have to get really comfortable with failing. Um, it's a super scary concept because not only like financially failing is obviously detrimental to, you know, years on your life, whether you're in debt or whatever that is. Um, but also it's it's hard on the psyche to fail. Like, oh, what? everyone didn't love what I put out into the world. Like what's wrong with me. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's also like, you can't really take it personally. You can't like, what's that saying? Like you can be the best peach in the world, but there's always going to be someone who doesn't like peaches. So you can't. Yeah. Peaches are great. (laughs) Who needs needs peaches? Um, But yeah, I think that failure is inevitable and you have to risk it if you want to go for your dreams. Like with you and acting, like acting is not a steady paycheck. Everyone knows that. Like it's very up and down and again, super hard on the psyche, but you do it because you love it and you do it because- no, Sarah, I'm totally fine and stable. That's why I have this. <laughs> she knows all too well I'm not. Adaptability yeah. and stability. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that fear of failure, like, It doesn't scare me because I know I'll figure out a way to make it a lesson. Does that mm-hmm. like I've failed so much, but if you are in something comfortable where you're kind of just having a lot of wins, even if they're slightly mediocre, mm-hmm. I can understand why people are like, why would I, but it's big risk, big reward, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what, are, what are some of your kind of failures so people can relate? Like what, what is something you, you would classify as a failure? I'm so, a- so for me, and this is kind of a new thing that I'm coming to terms with, yeah. um, my first business, I'm going to, I'm going to mark that as a failure okay. because I came into it or a background for, um, what the business was. It was, well, it's my first business that I was completely behind, that it was only me. Um, and it was an online store for sustainable brands. I mean, it still is, it's still up and running. Um, but I was hit with the harsh reality when I launched, I immediately thought I was going to sell out of everything. Like my mindset was I have this amazing mission for trying to get my voice out towards sustainable fashion. Um, I have like cute things that I know that people want that I see people are buying. Um, my price range, it's all the same. I have like cute packaging. I have like all this content that I put into it. And when a launch day came around, like I like, thank God for friends and family because they bought and they supported me, but I wasn't getting 
the sales that I wanted to get immediately out of the gate. And I was like, I was kind of hit with the harsh reality that I am, I needed to get another job to sustain me during that. Because when I was launching this business, I thought that that was going to be my only income. Mm -hmm. Er, No, (laughs) that's not Mm -hmm. how it worked out at all. So I had to get um, another job in the meantime with like a finance company of all things in the world. Yeah. It, like <laughs> the so irony awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so like me and, and finance, like no, that doesn't like compute with like there's cute sustainable bikinis and then finance doesn't make sense. But I had to get that job in order to sustain my lifestyle. And I mean, to me, that was a massive failure in the beginning. And now that I've kind of seen that there are other bigger guys that are taking on this world of being in a sustainable marketplace, and I see them doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. And in my brain, I'm like, oh, like as much as I wanted to be them, my one and only mission was trying to get the word out about sustainable fashion. And then I think from 2020 to now 2022, I think that it is now the norm if you're not a brand and you're not preaching sustainability, then you're just not going to make it a hundred percent. And I kind of am looking at this in a bigger picture. Like, do I really want to spend my life like competing to be a big boy in this industry? Or do I kind of want to sit back and let the guys who are doing it, do it. And then I put my focus into something else, which is what's happened. And I'm very excited about the next chapter and where I'm putting my entrepreneurial skills so it all works out. But to me, I mean, that was a big hit. That was my first company. And that was a huge, huge failure. And I'm here and I'm living to tell the tale of it. But I I mean, like, I wouldn't have it any other way. Do you at the time, like, if you can zoom back to mm-hmm. or teleport back to those moments? Mm-hmm. Did you, could you land on any, was it like, this is poor planning or I didn't put like, what is your mind going through? Cause there'll be people listening mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm in that season right now mm-hmm. where I've put everything into it. It's just not working. I've been there a ton of times with acting. I'm like, how much more can I put into it? How many more classes mm-hmm. can I do? How much more, you know, money can I pour into myself and my talent? And I'm not, no one's hiring me. Like at what point mm-hmm. am I crazy? And that's the yeah. mindset. I go through. And then it only takes someone to hire me to be like, oh, thank God I'm not crazy. Well, I put crazy in quotation marks of obviously using that word as it pertains to like being ridiculous or you're not crazy. Irresponsible. (laughs) Well, I actually medically I am, but you know, or irresponsible would be a better word perhaps for Mm -hmm. it. Going like, but I still have this unwavering faith in myself. So I keep pushing through because history tells me that there will be a job around the corner, but it, yeah. that's a really yuck place because you do mm-hmm. start to doubt yourself and you're like, maybe I'm not talented. Maybe it was all a fluke. And then you kind of get imposter syndrome. Did you go yeah. through any of that? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think for me, it just kind of came to a plateau. Like I wasn't getting any worse. I wasn't getting any better. The sales were just kind of average mm-hmm. and I just didn't feel the love for it anymore. I know that. Yeah. I like, I knew that I obviously wanted to do something in sustainable fashion and that to me, that first business, I was like, that was the easiest business that I could think of starting first. That's Mm going to take the least amount of overhead. I could bootstrap it at the time with my finances. And I mean, like I, it was was a matter of just reaching out to the brand saying, Hey, can I buy this? And then having an online storefront, And to me, that was the easiest. So 
yeah, I think that that moment came when I just wasn't seeing a rise in sales. I fell out of love with the process. I didn't want to create the content anymore. I was just working this other job to survive financially. And mm-hmm. I just kind of got drained from it. And then, I mean, this the next opportunity presented itself. And to me, that fueled me back up again. I was like, okay, this is what I should be doing. This is what I know that my purpose is and that I, what I should be fulfilling. So that's when I kind of knew that it was time to say, hundred percent goodbye to the first um little business. baby yeah the first baby <laughs> uh, well you've you've teased it a little bit so mm-hmm. what is this what is this new exciting <laughs> I, but I got all goosey when you were talking about it because I just think oh. you're... so oh. tell us about by the sun underscore underscore, underscore, underscore. <laughs> by the sun underscore um no so by by the sun is yeah it is it is its own brand. So I'm not buying other brands anymore. I'm mm-hmm. actually designing, I'm creating um, with one of my Just, best friends. Is that what you wanted to do originally, but it felt too big? Is that yeah. kind of, okay. Yep, great. exactly. That's what I, I mean, I've always, I've always kind of known that I wanted to do something with fashion and creating too, but not knowing exactly what that was. Um, so yes, yeah, so By the Sun came to be because my good friend, Kelsey Robinson, she's, first of all, for context, I'm 5'4", she's 6'2", so we have a little bit of a height difference, mm-hmm. um, but we bonded over. You can't uh, take standing photos together, like Maud and I, Pinky and like, the Brit. Yeah. Like literally, like I've shown like the picture, I went, she went to go um, wedding dress shopping and I was there with her. And it was all of her teammates and me. And I looked like the little sister. Like, it's such a funny photo. <laughs> Who's this toddler you bought with you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, were you babysitting? <laughs> yeah. um, but so we bonded over our love for sustainable fashion and all things earth and ocean conservation and everything like that. And she started her own label called Kelsey Marie um, a year or so ago. And she would always be like calling me for advice because my background is in product development. I work for a swimwear brand. Um, so I know how to get a garment from concept to like it actually hanging, um, on a hanger. And she would, she would call me and, um, I give her advice. And then we kind of just like, it kind of naturally just progressed into this idea that we would team up and do it together because I mean, why not have, like run a business with one of your best friends? It just sounds like a dream. Mm-hmm. So um, we kind of started designing together and then we flew out to Bali to meet um, our team that we had been working with virtually. And we actually got to try on our first round of samples in Bali, which was such a surreal moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we've just been working on it since January and we're about to launch in a couple weeks, actually. So we're super, super excited about that. But that made obviously letting go of the Rowan a lot easier because I found this was way more aligned with what I um, what I want to be doing in life. So it all kind of made sense at the time. It's weird how timing works out, but it all kind of flowed together. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. a lot of people might roll their eyes at the idea of business with your best friend, because there is mm-hmm. a saying that says, don't do business with friends or family. And mm-hmm. you know what? I can see why, and there are some reasons why, but in saying that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed two sisters who are doing business together and having a great time. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's like relationships, right? It's like, yeah. as long as 
communication and your lanes are really clear, I think it can be super successful. Uh, Is that something that you guys have discussed as well of like, how do we kind of discuss issues or conflicts or design? If you're like, I want to do hot pink and she's like, it makes me want to throw up. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, obviously there's going to be roadblocks in any business or any kind of partnership or anything like that. But I think between the both of us, we just have this common goal that we want this to be so successful. And we know that we're doing it not just for ourselves, but literally like for our planet. Mm. So we have this common goal that we're working towards. It's a way bigger picture than just a business to us. If anything, like it's, it's the way that we need to progress in order to save our planet. So mm. we have, I mean, I don't think between the both of us and we're both very communicative and we have a great relationship with each other. Like I admire how um, just her and her talents and she's just one of those people where like she walks into a room and she just bright- brightens up the room and just people, people love her. I love her. Like we love each other. And I think that when you have that basis, it's, it has to be successful. Um so yeah, totally like not the norm going into business with your best friend and there's red flags there, but again, like high risk, high reward. <laughs> what do your, what do your folks say? Cause I know that they're like, I love them by the way. I can't wait to hear. Oh, I know. I can't wait for you guys. But to I, feel like, I feel like your dad would be someone who would probably have some good advice around this like new venture. Is he kind of speak into that or does he say not nah, it's your own thing? Well, my dad, um, a little bit about my dad's background. He, um, from Canada, they're from Canada, both mom and dad are, went to college and then dad did law school after college. Um, but not just law school, French law school. So he was doing it like literally in French in Montreal because he graduated top 10 out of his class, got a job at one of the biggest law firms in Montreal, like straight out of law school. He's not like super smart. So it's probably not. (laughs) So he's, (laughs) yeah. He's just average, super average, average genius, super average guy. (laughs) Um, But so he, um, from the outside, like had this amazing life, right? Like the dream life, it all worked out for him. And then one day mom asked him in the car, just simple question. Are you happy? And he said, no. So they reworked their entire lives and he started this business that he's, he's in now it's just him in this business and he's in the beer business of all things. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, I mean, he loves working for himself. He loves, you know, having a say in everything and just doing something every day that he wakes up and he's so passionate towards. So Mm -hmm. to me, obviously that's a huge reason as to why I'm doing this because I see that obviously going down the beaten path and doing the college thing and like all that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful in life. So dad and mom are a hundred percent for it. They just want me to be happy. They love that Kelsey and I are doing this together. Um, and I mean, it's not like sustainability is at the core of like who they are, but through me and through learning about it, like they've adapted it too. And I think that it's like, that's just what we want it to be. So finding something that you're passionate about and just doing everything that you can in order to make it happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really, really important and they a hundred percent support it. I love that. Um, now for people who might not know you, they'll be like, she sounds so bright and cheery and delightful. And (laughs) so like, how do you, how is sometimes, because especially in business, you're going to have things that, you know, the rug will be pulled out from underneath you, you know, and other mm-hmm. people it may not be in business. It may be relationship. It may mm-hmm. be friendship. 
what a kind of because you were the first person that I call when things go wrong for me, <laughs> my cat running away or whatever it might be. But mm-hmm. you're always really good in a crisis with a plan of action. Now, are you mm-hmm. good at that yourself or are you just good at helping other people through stuff? <laughs> Um, you're quite I, disciplined. Unlike me, you're quite disciplined with yourself. Thank you. Thank you. I try to be. It's something new. I didn't used to be at all. And then I just kind of woke up one day and I was like, I need to change if I want the life that I want to have. Mm. And then just implemented practices through there. Um, but yeah, I think in fight or flight situations, um, I haven't always been fight, but it's again, it's more of a new thing that I've worked on and I'm very much fight now. What did you used to do so we can sit the same? I used to have like meltdowns. I used to, if something went wrong in a place and I was unfamiliar with that feeling, I would like have a meltdown and like, like felt like the world was caving in. Like I needed to be like put out of that situation. And like, then I'd be calm. But well, an example being of something that kind of came up recently was when we were getting our shipment in from Bali. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that it was just going to be like delivered to my door <laughs> that our 21 boxes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Of our production was going to be delivered to my door. I got a call from LAX basically telling me that it's at cargo. I need to go pick it up that day or else it's going to be $200 a day to keep it in storage. So I go there on like a Friday night before they close and I have to like, <laughs> I had to go to customs. I had to wait. It was a whole mess. I had to get a broker. I didn't even know what a customs broker was, but I had to find one on a Friday night. Anyway, it took two days essentially to get them to sign off these packages to me. And I don't think I've ever been so stressed, but um, you just kind of have to keep it together and keep rolling with the punches and be kind as you go. Like the, the cargo people, people, very hard, but you also have to remember that every everyone is there to do a job. And Mm. the best thing that you can do is just be kind along the way, because it's at the end of the day, it's not their fault that I'm in that situation. It's my fault that I'm in this situation. So Mm. I took accountability. I did what I had to do. And the cargo people ended up all being incredible and so Mm. nice. So it's like, I like, you just kind of have to keep your head on straight and just know that again, you're doing this for a greater mission Mm. and it's, you know, I think taking accountability for your own actions is massive too. Are you, uh, have you always been good at that? That's no. now, that is now a hundred percent become my um, least attractive quality in someone. If is, they're not, if they're, if they're not taking accountability. Yeah. Yeah. It takes that- a lot of self work to get there though. Cause you have to dig deep and say, you know what, this is my fault. And I didn't do that. Like it takes a lot of self work yeah. in order to it's get so there. much easier to blame other people it's so much easier to blame other people situations things you know the only like I get it sometimes there's things that are out of your control but for the most and, part and sometimes people to, are assholes but you also have to acknowledge your role in it I guess um, the guys at the customs office literally made me take a number and wait it was 9 p.m at night and I was the only one in there and they made me wait over half an hour <laughs> So you're like, okay, I I acknowledge that they're just exercising their little bit of power. And that's exactly. And it's fine. And honestly, like it got to a point where I was like laughing about it. (laughs) I was like, like, take it. They're like, okay, take a number. I was like, are you serious? (laughs) 
Were you like, am I cast with a friendly ghost? So that other like ghost? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a whole, a whole situation. But, and that, and it's just those moments too, where you kind of have to pat yourself on the back because that wasn't me a couple years ago. A couple years ago, I probably would have cried sitting there waiting for my pack. I'm not kidding, but yeah. now it's self-reflection journaling. I owe all of it too. And Is it really journaling? Are you a sure. wake up in the morning, um, five minute? morning pages what is your situation and do you write a diary at the beginning you mean is this what you're talking about <laughs> actually the five minute journal okay the so five minute journal walk us through what you do um do you want like the full morning routine yeah i want it as it pertains to your journaling okay not, um, not that i don't imagine the serums and the other exciting things that people will be dying for but as it <laughs> pertains specifically to journaling do you know i've yeah. never journaled you honestly would love it because you're such a words person. I'm terrified. Would, I'm terrified you would of what's going to come up. Nope. I'm terrified to do it that if I was really honest with how I felt and someone found it or, or that they would, that it would be very exposing of how I, the reality of how I view myself or perhaps triggers that I have or whatever. Yeah, I would just feel like I would be too embarrassed. Well, then I don't know if this like exists, but maybe a journal with like a lock on it or something. I don't know if that's what would make you feel safe or it's just like having it in a space where you know where it is. But obviously we all go through that when we're journaling. If someone were to open up my journals, I'd be mortified with what would like what they would be reading because it's your it's your thoughts, your deep, deep, deep thoughts, and you explaining your own brain to yourself is really vulnerable. I think that's vulnerability is that I'm, I'm good. I'm at the level of vulnerability where I'm like, I'm happy to say verbally, like some of the Mm -hmm. thoughts in my head, but if I were to write them down for some reason, that step feels Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more permanent. Like I'm quite happy to like kind of laugh it off and make a joke of it. Mm -hmm. And so I should do it. It has been literally prescribed to me by my therapist. I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many cute journals have I bought with great quotes on the front of it? And I just can't do it. You know what? You know what I think that, you know, and I'll send it to you, but okay. there's journals with prompts in them. So you don't even have to like, just you in a blank page, it would be you with prompts. And okay. I think that it like guided journaling for you would be a great first step. So you don't have to get into the nitty gritty of like your deep, dark, like, this is what happened to me today. And this is what I'm making sense of. But like, if you have prompts, mm. that it's, it's a really interesting way to get to know yourself. Very interesting. So what is, uh, what do you, you wake up and do it before your phone or what is your process? Yeah. So I try not to be on my phone first thing in the morning. I'm up at 6.30. Um, I do my vitamins and my morning drink, whatever that is, either bone broth or tea or like the turmeric juice. Um, and I just spend a couple minutes just writing down the five minute journal is really great because it's just what you're grateful for essentially, which I think again, would be a great step for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just kind of, I'm, take- I'm not very grateful. So no, <laughs> no, it's a good mindset. Yeah. See my, my worry that my morning thoughts would be like, you're a piece of shit. You need to do this. Whereas like, if it's more grateful stuff, then yeah. I can do that. Yeah. I think. I think it'd be great for you. And it's honestly just like a cool little way to start your day, even on the days where it's really tough to wake up and you feel like nothing's gone right. At least you can be like, I'm grateful for my breath. I'm grateful for 
like you. I'm grateful for whatever it is in that day that just makes it a little bit better. Just leading mm. your day with gratitude as opposed to, I don't have this, my finances are this, like whatever it is, like you have that little sense of gratitude. And then that's what you attract into your life too. Cause it's mm. what you put out is what you get back. So I think that it's a really great tool. And then if I'm working through something, then I have my blank page journal that I just write in. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. It's almost like I need to come and do like a camp with you. <laughs> like a two-day intensive. Yeah, yeah. Two-day like intensive journaling. where I just follow yeah. you around and just, I mean, I kind of <laughs> do that. Weird. I was like, that's kind of like how we hang out. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of how we do it. Uh but no, like into into the kind of more intimate stuff of um, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be so helpful. I tend to be my what I'm working on at the moment is being less reactionary. And I already ruined it for myself today because I got an email. I read it super quickly, responded, mm-hmm. sent it back. And I hadn't read it in detail and kind of got the wrong just yep. around the scheduling thing. And now I've created this whole thing that's bigger than it kind of mm-hmm. to be and back and forth because I. Yeah. I have this urge to, when I get something in, I need to get it done right away because I'm Mm -hmm. at capacity and need to live my life and be more proactive than reactionary. And I'm Mm. really struggling with that. Mm. Um, I don't know how parents do it when their day can spin off in another direction from, you know, from the rising of their youth. But uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know if you have any tips on that, but I think taking um, a breath (laughs) is really (laughs) just taking taking a breath um, is really helpful. But don't be too hard on yourself because it is really tough. Because it, I I don't know what was in the email or whatever it was, but when you read something, it's about like scheduling and payments. And I had Mm. been waiting for something, and to me, email read like, "Oh, you need to fill out three more forms until we can pay you." And you know, being someone who uh, for often in my life in acting, a kind of hand to mouth. Then I got this flood of like, oh shit, I was expecting this to be paid tomorrow. Now mm-hmm. it's going to be like another three months. Like, and I'm already like 10 steps down the line. But mm-hmm. really, what they were emailing was trying to set up stuff for next year and a different process. So I just didn't read it right and went into mm-hmm. full panic, but also strategy mode and and now it's now it's like three, four emails of different people. And it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, the, I mean, it's I just, one example of my entire life. Yeah. Is like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being reactionary. And then I also, yeah, I mean, like panic, I think is also like a keyword in that too. I have never been someone who gets like panicked. Like I, my personality is very much like chill and I'm like grounded. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, I don't really get panicked. It, I see, like when I see people that panic, I like to be more of like a calming kind of sense in that. Um, Which is why because, if you haven't picked up from this conversation, why we are good friends. <laughs> why we mesh really well together. But like give um, like the powder example, when you're sweet powder, like when all of that happened it's and you, I felt ran away. Yeah, yeah. I felt so bad for you because you were on a plane. You had a massive plane ride ahead of you and you, there was nothing you could do. Um, but in that, I mean, that's just what I kept telling you over and over again. Like I'm here to control what we can control on the ground. There's nothing that you can control from where you're at. Just take Mm. some deep breaths and just like, like, just know that there's literally nothing that you can do right now. You've done everything that you've needed to do and then let me handle whatever needs to be handled. And I think that there's a lot of comfort 
and just really leaning into that mentality of trust yourself and knowing that you've done everything that you can do in that moment. And Mm -hmm. there's things that you can't control and just take a deep breath, a step back, and then just reevaluate because it's in that panic that exactly things like that happen where you're shooting off too many emails where you're not thinking straight, where you make the mistake. That's when that panic, because your brain is going a million miles a minute. But once you slow it down and start being more mindful about what you're doing and where all of it's coming from, then I think that that's where you start to feel a little bit better about the situation. So Mm -hmm. again, that's like breath work and just, I don't know, meditation has really helped me kind of get to that as well. Um, Do you ever meditate? Have you tried meditating? I have. I have the, I pay, I think it's $150 a year for an app that the calm is or headspace. waking up. In fact, it weirdly just sent me a notification now. Yeah, um, universe. <laughs> for a while, I was in a really good routine. It's a, it works for me because it's guided and mm-hmm. I, I need that. My mind uh, when it is, sorry, I don't need that. I think that's my entryway into meditation is having someone tell me what to do. I would love to get to a place that I can just be still and not come up with a bunch of to do's because that's usually what my mind has done. How can I be better? What can I do? What can I do better? Like, and also a lot of my creativity comes from that space of like Mm -hmm. trying to think of different solutions. And so Mm -hmm. I don't want to completely shit on my busy brain because it does offer me greatness as well. Uh, But yes, left to my own devices, a still mind is usually a sleeping mind or one of more action items. So I like to use meditation, not as just to like calm my mind, but like, I don't, I don't need nothing to be going on in my mind. I use meditation to clarify my thoughts. So if Mm. I have a big decision, then I'll meditate on it because there's not a lot of noise going on. So you have a guided meditation. I love guided meditations. I listen to one either, or I have my sleep meditation and I'll have my morning meditation as well. But I don't lose that with your brain though. And wanting to be better, because if you're not, if you're not like constantly wanting to be better then you're stagnant. Mm. So my meditations are like, I do a lot of like, like manifestation meditations, like where I want to see my life progress. Mm. And I think that in those, that's when I get really clear on what I have to do to get there. So that's how I use meditation. I don't use it just to like, like clear my mind. That's again, like what you said, that's for sleeping. But I I think it just really allows you the space to get really comfortable with making decisions and not letting all these other things crowd your decision making. So that's how I use it. Do you find it's easy to make decisions grounded in you? Because quite often I consider everybody else's POV as well. That's really Mm -hmm. difficult for me to get really clear on what it is I want if I know it's going to have a positive and or negative effect on someone else. Well, that is a reason why I love you, Kim Crossman, because you love to put everyone else, not only like before you, but you just like, you have this way of making everyone else feel so loved and so cared about. And so like your thoughtfulness towards other people is something that I'm trying to pick up in my own life. Cause I see you doing it. I'm like, I need more of that in my life. I need to be more thoughtful So as much as I would love to say, I consider everyone else's thoughts and emotions in my decision-making, not really. (laughs) Great. Okay, so let's just trade places then, because I need to be more like that. 
I will call you out though. You're not not thoughtful. You're an incredibly thoughtful person. You will bring me wine, ice cream. You're you're very thoughtful. Thank you. Um, okay, what does your brain look like if it was a picture or a scene? What does it look like up there? Ooh, that is such a good question. Um, I would I'm a big location person mm-hmm. and I'm a big water person so I need to be near water at all times so if my brain was an actual location or a place I think it would be a beautiful beach at sunset that's what I've always kind of wanted my brain to be like that's where I want to live right I want to live in that at all times um so like maybe in Hawaii (laughs) maybe in New Zealand (laughs) yeah a beautiful beach at sunset why sunset just because uh visually it's uh... visually and also because I have a really special relationship with obviously the sun I mean we named the company by the sun Mm -hmm. and I think that you should stay close to people who make you feel like you're by the sun like I think that there's Mm. a lot of energy that comes off of a sunset or like you just use people who glow internally like like you just you gravitate towards that and you see that in people people who are just like like internally and externally beautiful like Mm -hmm. I think that you're one of those people like you have an amazing energy that just glows so -hmm. to me I've always wanted to be that for other people so to me like gold glowing like sunset is a really comfortable space for me would you choose a sunset over a sunrise uh Yes. (laughs) Why? Why? I didn't used to be a morning person. Now I am, but I've always just chosen sunset for that reason. Um, And I think that there is something really special about a sunrise. But to me, I've always lived on the West Coast, whether it was in Florida or here. So to Mm -hmm. me, sunsets over the water. So it's for me, it's always been sunsets. Cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I'm a I'm a sunrise person only because I'm really tired at the end of the day. <laughs> like, you are a little sleepy bean. <laughs> I am. It's like sun goes down, Kim goes down. So, but sunrise, I'm like I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I I hear that, and you are like sunshine. That's really beautiful. Um, to wrap things up today, I was uh, I thought since you're such an encourager in my life. I'm sure there are people listening who, whatever their journey is in pursuing a dream or giving something a go, Mm -hmm. perhaps as it pertains to starting a small business. In New Zealand, we're actually really good at starting small businesses. We Mm -hmm. were. We have more small businesses per capita than anyone else. So people are, for the most part, or they were historically pre-COVID, really good at trying stuff mm-hmm. um now they're a little bit more trepidatious so what would be kind of something encouragement from the amazing sarah herself for someone in that like i'm a bit scared yeah um i think that my one piece of advice would just be to go for it there's never going to be a right time there's never going to be a place where you're like okay you know what i think i'm ready to start this like you just have to go into it with every ounce of passion that you have you have to be prepared to fail. You have to know that you're not going to know everything. And the best part of the journey is learning along the way. Thank God for Google and YouTube and sources like that, where you can just go and say how to start a small brand or whatever it is. And there's so many resources now that it's, you don't need college to do it either. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I didn't go to college, but um, I think that, yeah, just by, throwing yourself in, trusting yourself along the way 
trusting your gut, not being afraid of asking for help either, um, I think is massive. And finding people who are like-minded and surrounding yourself with those people um, and just doing it. That's my biggest piece of advice. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, thank you for joining me. I love you so much. I love you.